maybe the Beach Boys today does deserve more talking than 26 minutes because it is some special album. <laughs> no, it is, it is kind of iconic, um, even though it does have a lot of like, for me, it has a couple skips on it. <laughs> I can I can go without a, a handful of them, but oh, oh yeah, yeah the um the skips um I mean we'll get to it uh mm-hmm. but I think um I think it's really got a balance of the kind of what what today we today we would consider silly, but <laughs> but now. I mean, in the 60s they and 50s, they were very kind of relatable, maybe. Some, some of these tunes, um, maybe we can just say who we are. Like, we're the Scarves. <laughs> uh, I don't know, Jenny, do you want to talk about uh, Scarves Only Know, the idea? Scarves Only Know. Well, I actually don't know how Beach Boy Summer started. I like walked into your into like Brooke, Paige, and Melissa's room, and then you guys were listening to Beach Boys, and then Paige was like, Beach Boy Summer. And I was like, <laughs> Yes. <laughs> and then so that that is how it was. And then um But truly you know the most, I think, or you know the most songs, and I think you probably know the most about the band than like out of I feel like I don't though like I probably know a good handful of songs but when it comes to like the members and like each one's different and like personality and role like I know the basics of like like Brian Wilson was like the master composer and like yeah Mike Love did the lyrics but honestly like I don't know sometimes they sometimes they switched out too and then like uh-huh. Now John Stamos is in the picture, so uh-huh. I don't really know yeah. the the dynamic. I would say I'm I'm still learning a lot. I feel like your knowledge on the songs might it might not be recognizable to yourself right right away because, for instance, like "Help Me, Rhonda," which is like obviously we'll run through the tracks, but like that one <laughs> that that was something that got me into this album, and I didn't know it until you wrote about it in the that really sweet letter to me at the very <laughs> end of the semester which you dropped like when we said goodbye like you gave me the letter and then I read it mm-hmm. after but the like you made a cute little drawing of us like singing that song and then I listened to it um, <laughs> yes scarves on the how, beach yeah scarves yeah, on the beach yeah that wait that should have been the name of our <laughs> Dang, okay. I, I, don't know. I feel like Scarves Only Know is, like, funny, it's though. It's Beach Boys. Out, it's yeah. so, like, like, it's so, like, wedged. Our name is wedged into the title, but it's, like, funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know why I chose Help Me, Rhonda. That was just, like, the first thing that was in my head. Mm. But um, a, it, I think it's undoubtedly the best song on this record. Yeah. Um, but there are I, some It's one close, of my top ones, yeah. There's some close ones. Anyways, uh... I'll just get into my quick notes about the brief history and then we could like add comments here and there before we go through the track list. Yeah. Um so this is the strangely enough this is the 8th studio album released uh on March 8th, 1965. This is the 8th Beach Boys record also on Capitol. It came after um it's their first record of 65 but it came 
after um, Shutdown Volume 2, All Summer Long, and the Christmas album all came out in 64, which is pretty crazy, like, considering, like, that was their standard for, like, 63. I think their first record was 62 or 63, but in 63 Mm -hmm. and 64, they both both of those years they released three albums which to me is like like maybe two albums is like a lot but in one year but they did three but this is their first record of 65 which uh surprise surprise they didn't do just one that year but it is their first album after they fired um their father who is murray wilson he was their manager he was an awful guy. He was abusive dad and physically and mentally abusive um, verbally. Due to his overbearing and disruptive presence in the studio and concerts, they let him go from his manager duties in early 64. So this is their first record where he wasn't their manager. Which Mom. Did you know about the, their abusive dad? I did not. Loki, I was considering watching the Paul Dano movie. Yeah. <laughs> that's like that would probably have some of that, the the, the deeper cuts. Dr- dramatic. Stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was a new year, nineteen sixty-five. Brian suffered a nervous breakdown, and he stopped touring with the rest of the band indefinitely. This is known as a huge turning point for the Beach Boys, because it kick-started Brian's sort of artistic wave like which he had been like no he had been the songwriter but Mm -hmm. after he stopped touring that's like when he focused that's like we're we're getting towards pet sounds which is like peak yeah that's uh pet sounds and the smile sessions which is all that what could have been but wasn't but um We'll get to that in the future. But this is important because that that new turning point, which brought them towards new territory, uh, forefronted by Brian's artistic guidance, i.e. like less songs about surfing girls and cars, which is present a little bit, at least in the vibes of this record. Mm-hmm. But this record also is new territory because it kind of established the the, the gang as like a, an album uh artist or like a, a, an artist who makes songs to put together on a whole record as opposed to just single which is the same thing that the beatles were going through at that time getting getting closer to releasing rubber soul mm-hmm. um, later in 65 they, the next album was Summer Days and Summer Nights, which I think we'll have a special guest to talk about that record with, possibly. <laughs> yes. Yes, I think he he's on board. But, That's uh, great. Yeah. Mr. Ed. Mr. Ed. <laughs> <laughs> A.K.A. Jenny's dad. He probably knows way, like the most out of all of us. Like That's He just great. knows like the most random things. But, that's great yeah I, I hope he can bestow us like he can do the whole history section of that mm-hmm. episode. yeah or actually i don't know how i don't know what uncle chad chops maybe oh. i don't know well, ed okay. versus uncle chad well i'm having yeah my guess will be uncle chad and he you know 
on his episode. We'll see, but he he's seen them live a few times. Um, and I think like he was already like in the era, like in the eighties. So, um, but Brian was there in the show, and Dennis had, um, unfortunately passed at that time. But, um, John Samos was also there. <laughs> Yeah, but the the other album that came out sixty five, there was three albums: this one, Summer Days and Summer Nights, and Beach Boys Party, all in sixty five. I don't know about Party. I don't know if you know any songs on that. I think there are some good songs on that. I just don't. Oh, I lose track of them because some of their so many of their albums are just like the same songs, just like remastered a little bit or like yeah. mixed around. But, yeah. Um, and like yeah. gear wise too, and sonically like. I don't know. There's they were really forefronters of a lot of like that's why people are always so like audiophiles are mm. always talking about, you know, pet sounds and the all the equipment used, but we can get into the fun track list now. Yeah. Song number 1 is Do You Want to Dance? Do you do you do you, do you want to dance? <laughs> Bobby Freeman wrote the song. This is Yeah, 1958. Yeah, one of two songs that on this record that aren't like fully Beach Boys. Oh, what's the other one? I'm so young. On th- oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> um, That's funny. Yeah, I was in my research on um today. This this record, I've I've heard it broken down as like side one is really like the fun, poppy kind of songs you would expect at this time from the beach boys and then side two is where we get more ballad-esque sing sing song kind of more punchy love tunes um but yeah i think that's pretty evident in like the the starter track do you want to dance which i love i love this song i knew it from the ramones are you Mm. familiar with their version yeah i think i i definitely knew like this song before I heard it and it wasn't the Bobby Freeman version so probably the Ramones yeah but yeah the Ramones version feels like a Beach Boys song but it feels I don't I feel like the Ramones have always been kind of like a surf rock punk band like they have so many surf rock songs and I I bet they like the Beach Boys a lot especially since they put this on rocket to russia or whatever album that was um so so yeah the do you want to dance i think um oh okay no never mind the do you want to dance that i know is the mamas and papas of course oh okay i was thinking about it (laughs) yeah that yeah that that must have been i don't know that version is it similar it sounds a little different but it's it's the same they're all singing the same song because i was listening to the first the 50s version um and it it was good but it didn't have that kind of upbeat flow like that the beach boys gave to it so i I, i'd be interested i bet the mamas and papas is kind of somewhere in between Mm, it's very just like mystic and yeah 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 (laughs) Uh, yeah Yeah, i bet that's good then i'll I'll give it a listen Mm -hmm. but um yeah, good good starter track. What I don't know, do you have any other thoughts on this song? Um uh, 
I don't know. I mean, I already knew it, so I could only reference the Moms and Papas version in my head, and I, I like that version better. <laughs> yeah. But it's still a good song um, and a, a great cover. Okay, great. Moving on to track number two, Good to My Baby, two minutes and 16 seconds. Mm-hmm. Um, this I thought is the lyrics great. were funny. Yeah. They open up on a in an interesting note there. Good to my baby. Yeah. Good um to my baby. <laughs> I don't know, it's a very just a very classic Beach Boy sound to me. Um yeah. Yeah. I like I like the how the I think it's the guitar riff that just comes like just kind of punching in at the beginning um it's a good like second track that kind of like keeps the the end i think all of the the songs on this side like keep the vibes and energy up but this is like Mm -hmm. especially a good tune it's not one that i necessarily want to go back to right away but it's Mm -hmm. it's very pleasant and i like it (laughs) Yeah, yeah yeah So for track number three, it's Don't Hurt My Little Sister. I think a track that both of the scarves can relate to. <laughs> Possibly. Uh, Strange that's actually, it's, yeah. I don't know if I would want to relate to it. <laughs> Just because it gets a little like, this guy wants to be with his sister at the end. Like... I don't know. He like starts off annoyed with his sister, and then he's like mad at the boyfriend, and he's like, "You yeah. can never love him like me, her brother." Yeah. So, and he, I guess he, yeah. Now that you mention it, he also at the beginning is just like, like right off the bat, he's like, "Look, once again, you got her crying. Go <laughs> kiss her. Go, go love on her. Like, go kiss her good. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh." Okay, you're very encouraging. <laughs> I don't know many brothers that would, you know, enforce that. But also, I don't know, this maybe is something we should look up, but my brother and I were listening to this song, and uh, he was like, do they have a sister? Do they Do they have Oh, uh, I, I did a little research on this, according to Wikipedia. Um, so Brian wrote the lyrics, and he was inspired by... The Ro- Ravel sisters, Ravel, Ravel, oh. um, also known as the Honeys, um, um, and he had like he was confused about his infatuation with all three of them. Um, he eventually he was twenty two at the time, and they were thirteen, sixteen, and seventeen. Um, Ooh. and he eventually went to marry one of them, Marilyn. Oh, wow. but yeah, so that's what this song. Okay. storyline is inspired so by saw them he was confused with his infatuation with this young younger sister band and they inspired him to write this because he almost felt like one of them or potentially all of them were like his sister and then went on to marry one of them is that is that kind of like what i'm hearing maybe um who's to say i <laughs> I mean, I only have like the the facts. I don't. No, I, you only have the facts. I only got the facts. Yeah. But um, yeah, one one could draw that conclusion certainly. Yes. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, this is a weird track. I gotta say, it's a weird <laughs> one. Um, it's also not the most catchiest. But yeah, 
you know, it's got, I don't know, it's still, it still has that very poppy sound to it. And I, you know, I'm not fully opposed to it, but I think track number four, when I grow up in parentheses to be a man, <laughs> that one now, maybe back to back, but certainly this one definitely, I don't know, there's a, there's a scarves feel to it, maybe just in the sense to be a blank to be a man yeah you sent me that and i was like i i i only saw the to be a a man version i was like like i, I don't know like for a split second i was like was this was one of our songs like put out on spot like i don't know it's like <laughs> yeah definitely did a double take yeah and sometimes i've been hearing like the in like the opposite like just because of the how drilled into my brain our own songs are Mm-hmm. Like when I grew up to be a girl or something, <laughs> like that could maybe be yeah. something to be your man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there, and this this is a very beautifully composed track, I believe. Um, it has a it opens with a harpsichord that Brian plays. Also, something I forgot to mention: this record has over twenty session musicians that came in to play. So there's a lot of layered instruments besides, you know, the Beach Boys who are playing all their usual uh, things. But yeah, Brian, I think, does play a harpsichord on this one, or someone does. And it it's from the very start, and it's very... I really like the, the beginning of the song. And I think the harmonies are really great. Like, through and through, the song just has the greatest harp. This album has the greatest harmonies. Um, mm. but I agree. that's that's just what the beach boys do that's what they do that's why we like them really. <laughs> and it's what we're trying to do in our lives <laughs> harmonize mm-hmm. surf drive surf, get girls get girls <laughs> rev up the bugatti <laughs> um yeah protect our little sisters I just think, um, but also in terms of the silliness, to be a man, when I grow up to be a man, it's just like, this song has like, they're, they're saying 16, 17, like the backup vocals, they're just like saying ages, like I think they go from maybe 13 till like 22, 23, and they're just like counting. And I kind of love that. And it's <laughs> it's just, I, like, it makes me sing along with it, but it's also just bizarre. And it's like, who's who's thinking of this? Like, well, I still love my mom. Well, I guess it's a legitimate thought, but wow. Like, <laughs> I've never thought that before. No, no, yeah, I've noticed, like, there's, like, there was a point when I was listening to this album where I just realized, like, they're so, like incredibly honest sometimes like they like they'll be talking about like dancing and surfing and holding a girl's hand and then they'll drop like a bomb on you out of nowhere they'll be like disguised with like harmonies and stuff but yeah. like they have no shame and like, you're like whoa some of their lyrics are um yeah exactly what you were just saying like just kind mm-hmm. of oh I don't, <laughs> I don't but it, you know it's the 60s <laughs> that's the 60s you know how it was different times um mm-hmm. but anyways let's get into the centerpiece here help me Rhonda 
Yeah. I already spoke loud at the beginning saying this is what I think is the best on the album. I'll stand by it. Um, there, There's close seconds, I would say, but it's just, this is so, such a great song. I, just, I don't know. I think uh, the way that it's, it's such a hit, um, it's also just bizarre in its nature, in its songwriting. Like we've been saying, the silliness, it's about someone who gets left by his girl and then another girl catches his eye Rhonda and he needs Rhonda's help because <laughs> he needs to get over the girl who left him and that's exactly. why he's asking Rhonda help me Rhonda help me get her out of my heart it's so bizarre and like, I don't know I I like it it's uh it's it's such a well-made song that like I could never write lyrically a song like this because <laughs> I don't really think like that. But yeah, I feel like the Beach Boys are so good at just like normalizing like situations that would be so dramatic in real. Like I don't know if I was experiencing that or someone I knew was experiencing that, it'd be like a huge thing that we'd like always be trying to work through and stuff like that. It's probably also because we're in a different time, but yeah. it's just so funny how they paint it with as just like a. You know, it's like they're so peppy. They're peppy with it. They're singing back up to it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. And you know, it's not it's not a perfect song, but I I like it. I love it all the same. I think um I do have my problems with the song. Not as much as with the songwriting as with the mix of this version, which I've listened to a lot the past week. And I don't know if you noticed this, but towards the end of the song, it just is so... I don't know if this was on the original. I'll have to get the vinyl and play it, but it towards the end of the song, it's like someone was taking a dial and like turning down the master volume like to fa as to fade out and then turning it back up. It, but it's very abrupt. It's not like a full fade, and it just kind of... It feels like a wave, like a pulsating like and it's not yeah smooth. yeah it's not cool um and what we're referring to is the um the latest remaster i don't know when this happened okay 2012 maybe or uh, that's when yeah it, yeah i think renewed. it was yeah but i hope since it was 65 that within the next few years when this album turns uh 60 we'll get uh another remaster hopefully that doesn't do mm -hmm. that Unless that's how the song was originally released. In that case, maybe the Beach Boys aren't the geniuses that we <laughs> we're we're exposed. No, to. no. Yeah, no, no. Uh, but uh, that that is something. If anyone knows, please reach out to us at uh, the Scarves. Um, just you know, write that on an envelope and put it in the mail. They'll know where to send it. Yeah, yeah. There's one more song on this side, Dance, Dance, Dance. It's a minute, 59 seconds. This one's also the Brian and Mike Love duo with Carl Wilson. Dance, Dance, Dance. This is kind of feels like it could have been on one of their earlier albums, just with yeah. repetition, the pop, the pop flow, yeah. dance, to, the music's too hot, I gotta yeah. get up. On the spot. felt very like like formulaic like 60s hit like i can 
I can see it being like it was probably very up there at the time, like one of their biggest hits. Um, but I feel like it didn't like transcend that period of time. Like a lot of their today known hits, like yeah, good vibrations and all that. Um, just because it's so like it's so tailored to that trend. Yeah, I feel. And now side two, we're turning over the record. We're going to the ballads or the so-called ones. There yes. are six songs on the side, just like the first side, but. The sixth song is a spoken word track. Now, the first song is called Please Let Me Wonder. This is a very, like, it feels like 50s, like, song. Like, it's very sing-songy. I knew you would say sing-songy. Yeah. <laughs> but That's why I eat it up. I love that song. It's good. Yeah, and, and Brian's, I just... I've been listening to this record in the car a lot just as I've been driving and my like I just turned to my brother on the way home from work and I was like we're working together now my brother and I <laughs> just like the Beach Boys did <laughs> but I was like I was like man you know I just love Brian's specifically Brian's voice and the harmonies because it sticks out like a sore thumb but like in the best ways like it's just his high falsetto is just so lovely to me and mm -hmm. uh yeah when they start getting to the, yeah yeah and when they start getting to the please let me wonder i didn't i don't know this song too well but i think it is one of my top if not my top song on this album um sorry help Ooh. me randy i don't know i just eat the the doo-wop up like the yeah. the sing song duop quality, and also fun fact I read on Wikipedia that it was the first song Brian wrote um under the influence of marijuana. Marijuana, wow. so that's completely unrelated to why I like it. But wow, that's amazing. <laughs> wow. Okay, so yeah, this is um, I'm gaining a new a whole new appreciation for this, um, un unrelated to that last fact. Um. <laughs> yes. Yes. But just yeah, um great great track. Uh yeah, all around. I think getting in the mindset of vinyl records, which I listen to a lot. I mean, I've got all my records back there in my player, but I feel like when I listen to the songs on streaming or and albums on streaming, when we get into the the meat of the record, which is where you would physically turn it over. Mm -hmm. And your ears are, you know, taking a slight break when you're flipping it. And then you're kind of readjusting. You're hearing a whole new side. In that sense, it would probably be lovely, lovely to hear this song when you turn the record over. You know, I'm I'm romanticizing <laughs> like to the max right now. But as you should. <laughs> yeah, but. But when, you know, when I'm listening to it on my phone, I'm just going through the tracks. And so when it's in the middle of the record, which is where the side two would start, um, it's not as noticeable because you're just trying to get through the thing. But that's not how you how I should think about it. Um, and I will stop thinking about that way because sometimes those first. I don't know, I think there's a there's a sort of. Track one has to pull a lot of weight, but you have to remember that 
old albums had multiple track ones. And so, therefore, the track one to every side had to fold that way. And that's what Please Let Me Wonder does. Mm-hmm. Track two, I'm So Young. That's the other... <laughs> that's the other... Uh, not original Beach Boys song that we were talking about. Um, it's written by William H. Prez Tyrus Jr. And it was recorded by students. I don't know if they were actual students or if th- that's their act. They're called students. Mm. Um, and it was released several years prior. Um, I'm so young. I want to get married but i'm so young that's I... pretty much this <laughs> message of the song what do you think Jen? yeah <laughs> i mean it's silly um now that i know that they didn't write it that's funny because i was like wow the i'm so young walked so wouldn't it be nice could run because yeah. it has like the same sentiment but wouldn't it be nice it's just way better but that's, that's um, probably that's such a good observation i didn't even think about because that is the same message really it's mm-hmm. not it's not as obvious maybe and wouldn't it yeah. be nice because that, then it's just a thought about you know and i think it ha- it doesn't have all of the religious kind of like <laughs> you know mm-hmm. uh, like this song is very clearly like Oh, I I just want to get married. I want a wife. I want to grow up so I can, you know, do all these things that I can only do when I'm married, you know, type type of thing, which of course would be so popular in the 50s. Um and of course makes sense for the Beach Boys to record and slap on the back of this record. But I feel like when Brian was writing, he was taking that essence and some of those ideas into wouldn't it be nice later on the next year but i don't think it was like as pastor's sunny like yeah (laughs) when he did it and that's why it's like one of the best songs ever because Mm -hmm. it's, it's just an overall fantasy that everyone can relate to yeah yeah and that's why we think songs like these are silly today but also, I want to get married. I think I've told you this. Yeah. I'm like... I'm, That's good for you. <laughs> I'm all talk. Like, it, I guess it depends on how I wake up that morning. Like, some days I want to get married, and some mm. days I don't believe in the institution of marriage. It just depends on the day. So, <laughs> future spouse... Sometimes you're, I'm so young. Look out, because I <laughs> might leave you the next day. <laughs> uh. Okay, and this goes into Kiss Me Baby. Two minutes, 35 seconds. Um, I like this one a lot. Yeah? What, what, do you, what do you like about it? Um, I think mostly, like, I think it was the chorus of that song. I couldn't really tell. Mm. But, um, I don't know, I'm just, like, all of the vocals kind of tumbling over each other. And the, yes. the low, like, whoa baby yeah <laughs> that was fun. i don't know kind of like there was like a rhythm to it in the low the lowest vocal that kind of reminded me of like a like take a chance take a chance take a take a chance chance mm. from abba it doesn't sound like that at all but it like plays the same role i thought it was cool yes the the 
the low driver, the whoa babies. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really sweet. I think um, it's just another one. It fits so well with the other tracks on this side. I think if you know, getting back to like the the whole overarching theme, that's like how this album, out of all their albums, is such like a standout. Uh, it, from everything that came before it which is very like less together is because these songs are placed really well where like it's if it's clear like for instance they could have put all of they could have done every other song like the first song do you want to dance and then they could have done please let me wonder song track number two but instead they divided them into like the fun songs and then the the ballads and i i like that because it gives it a very definite feel mm-hmm. at least in my opinion yeah yeah and that's and i feel like it's it. also like convenient like for like if you're listening to a vinyl and if you're in a certain mood you don't have to worry about it being like yeah. interrupted uh-huh yes, yeah exactly and um and that, yeah, that's something I'm just now noticing as I'm talking to you about these records. But then it goes into um, She Knows Me Too Well, which is, um, this one was definitely one that I had weird vibes and like weird in terms of the lyrics. It's just... Um, I also had a note about the lyrics. It's kind of like, it's just like, I'm horrible, I'm manipulative. But she knows me, and she loves me still, and I'm lucky because of that. Is kind of like what I was getting from it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> like, there's that that part where it's like, I get so jealous of like if Jealousy. she looks at another guy, but but it'd be a different. And I, I and I yeah, but and I I really I want to kill her, but then it'd be a different story. But when I look at other girls, other it's girls like, are, oh well, yeah. It'd be a different story if I was looking at other girls. I don't know, but I was trying to, like, you know, give them the benefit of the doubt and think of it in the sense that maybe that lyric is them saying, it's a different story when I look at another girl because she knows me. What do you mean? She knows me too well. She knows that she's the only one in my life. Oh, I see. I get so jealous of her because i'm insecure or whatever mm-hmm. but she knows me that i would never even think about now that's sweet maybe or <laughs> relatable but it's less weird that's for sure yeah but the the problem is that um that he makes her cry because <laughs> because <laughs> he's so jealous um like yeah there needs to be a sense of trust in the sense that you you know it's nice that you think that you are knowing that your partner is the only one in your life but you need to assume if that's true for yourself then it's also true for your partner (laughs) yeah so this is like the moment that i was talking about earlier where like i realized that they just they don't give a f like yeah. with their lyrics like they're literally so shameless and um the overall the problem with she knows me too well is that he doesn't know her too well whoa 
that's true that's actually really true you cracked the code but you broke the beach boys they're getting there maybe it's been 50 years Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. who knows and and, uh track five this is the last official song i will say on the record Mm -hmm. in the back of my mind this i love i love this song same um it's so the the melody is just golden and it didn't hit me until the last few listens of this record it's just such a great bookend and we'll get into the bull sessions with big daddy but <laughs> i mean the the official closer for this album um now i'm a big fan of the lemon twigs and um there's some melody that I noticed right away that is very that I think Brian was very inspired by on this song in the back of my mind on a, a track on Go to School called Wonder and Ways, which I could send you. Mm. Um, but yeah, Brian from the Lemon Lemon Twigs. Brian from the Lemon okay. Twigs, which I think he might have been named after Brian Wilson. I'm not sure. No way! Oh my god. Um, and yeah, and it's just like. Now, now listening to just the Beach Boys melodies, which like what we were talking about is just driving our world this summer, <laughs> um, or at least my world. I don't know. I can't speak for both of us, but like, oh, no, yes, 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 <laughs> like just living for that kind of the harmonies on on the, the chorus and just, you know, I don't know, listening to Wouldn't It Be Nice over and over again. Um, and just floating around um, but like this song is is just like that to take inspiration from tracks like this can only be a good thing mm-hmm. because it's it's just melody driven and uh, that's how I like to think as a musician which mm-hmm. I don't know maybe sue me I don't know <laughs> I don't know man no, yeah I feel like I, I feel, feel like, like... <laughs> Sometimes you need a Mike Love like attitude about the whole thing. Yeah, really he doesn't care. <laughs> but yeah, I feel like with this track, like especially like like the melody, like you're saying, the composition feels a lot. I don't know. It feels different to the preceding stuff that they put out, like all the stuff before that. Yeah. So it seems I don't know. It, it definitely is one of the tracks that makes this album special. Mm-hmm. Um, not I'm so young. I'm sorry, but um, <laughs> yeah, and like the lyrics too, they really resonate with me. Um, TPH is a relatable song. Like, yeah, just like pre- feeling like premature fear and like anxiety and guilt about things. I feel yes. like that the Beach Boys were real for that one. <laughs> yeah, and then. Like another really relatable track, Bull Sessions with Big Dad, <laughs> because not only does it reveal that there was a, a, an actual human being named Dick Rising, and that he worked for a record company in Europe, um, as a representative, but also that um, it confirms what we know that, of course, Brian has never made a mistake live. Mm-hmm. Um, and that you know they've only made maybe three mistakes live or whatever he says. Um, 
Dang. At that time, and they're you know they're about to dig into presumably sandwiches, but I don't know because there's onions on it, and one of them was uh was concerned or wanted to alert the other members that there were onions present in the yeah. Onions and kosher pickles, and someone yes. step, stepped on a fry uh-huh. on the ground. Yeah, but but I say it's relatable because they're reflecting on their tours throughout Europe, and they're talking about Paris, and they're talking about these places that we oh, so us. just returned from. <laughs> um, they're still the scarves. I couldn't help but think about for all of. I mean, I'm sure if I've, anyone who's gotten to this point in if if you're still listening they probably know maybe many of whom were with us on the journey i imagine that's a good chunk of our audience but um yeah i think um i don't know it's just when when i listen to them talk about like the gigs that they played in, in on their european tours i don't know it's just the i we didn't really tour but <laughs> We got we did the closest thing to it. We played gigs in France and uh, yeah, Dino's and the Suke. That's albeit, basically yeah. a tour. Albeit it was um, yeah, very very local and yeah, definitely made more than three mistakes performing live too. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, no, but the Scar of the Beach Boys were basically the exact same. So yeah, mm-hmm. um. But yeah, very funny closer. I don't know why they put this on. I don't know the history of the reason of this. Um, I was watching Beach yeah. Boys memes that I was hunting for on YouTube, <laughs> and I I happened to see it was it was SpongeBob like scenes to to describe each Beach Boys album, which maybe we could like throw in one. <laughs> in the episodes on for the youtube version but mm-hmm. but anyways uh it was like there was something about this track in particular in that one that like they threw it on the record company or something i don't know <laughs> and so uh-huh, good clip good clip now we understand yes um anyways this episode is brought to you by spongebob <laughs> yeah okay so that's the beach boys today Thank you, everyone. We're going to put in a little clapping sound effect or like children like saying, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, what's your what's your scarves rating of 10 scarves? Oh, um, well, I want to be generous to this album because I liked it a lot and it's very important. It's kind of like just like it has an exclamation mark at the end of today, the the name of the mm-hmm. record. I think it is an exclamation mark. And it is kind of simple, you know, even from the title, The Beach Boys Today. But that's all it needs to be. It's just simply a simple, great Beach Boys record. And because of that, I will give it seven scarves. And I will stand by it. I literally have the same rating. Okay, yeah. I give it seven scarves out of ten because I think it is really strong. Um, but I want to save my scarves for 
the other Maybe ones better. that I know will be shining very bright. Which together, I think we probably only have like three or four scarves in total. Yeah. In, in can, we only have three. Yeah, and you but, were like 75% of that. More than that, actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but you got a lot of wear out of that red one. Yeah, so next next week, we are hoping to have our first guests ever. Do you want to announce the guests, Jenny? Um, uh... I'll, I'll say <laughs> it's, it's because it's on an album called Friends. Oh, um, so yeah, with that being said, we will have some friends on the show. Um, my friend Alanis and then um Tom's bestie for life, Jack. I want to say his full name, but I don't know if that's allowed. Jack McFerry, um, you can say Yes, Jack McFerry. I need it. It's just so satisfying to say. But um yeah. It'll be and nice to have some friends. And we'll have fresh have perspectives friends. because um Alanis isn't I don't know I don't think she listens to the Beach Boys just like I don't know she recently she's like going through a really hardcore Beatles phase like she only listens to Beatles like literally for the last like five months like only Beatles and like maybe Boy Genius a couple times but um wow yeah so I think she'll appreciate whatever the Beach Boys have to offer in this next album we'll do we'll make room for some Beatles talk too maybe Mm -hmm. because Jack is also the same way. He he like he listens to Beach Boys here and there, but I feel like he could get he would get a good kick out of a lot of the tunes we talked about today because mm-hmm. he loves doo-wop and he loves 50s and 60s pop and um yes. that's what they're pulling from on the back of this album and the and the front. So yeah, yeah but maybe he'll him, relate to I'm so young, who knows. <laughs> probably yeah. <laughs> he does he really wants to start a family uh, but um sorry jack um but also <laughs> friends is an interesting i mean i've been listening to it already a little bit not mm-hmm. fully not like in depth like we are here but it's interesting it, i mean we'll talk about it next week but it's kind of i've heard it's got some crosby stills nash and young uh, oh influences um there, there's a lot of acoustic tracks. This is when they started doing talking about transcendental meditation. They were getting on the bandwagon. They went to India. They hung out with that same dude that the Beatles hung out with. But then <laughs> they brought him on tour, and everyone was like, "What the heck is this?" And it wasn't as as much of a sensation as they thought it would be. And that's when, obviously, Brian stopped um, touring. Anyways, that's for next week. So, um, <laughs> give me a little taste. Yeah, just to give you a taste of uh, <laughs> what we got in store for you with the Beach Boys Summer. Yeah. We'll see you next time. See you next time. Bye bye. Boop, 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 bo